You're listening to Ghostly Activities with your host, Jake Rice. Hey everyone, and today's episode we'll be talking with Michelle and Anita, both from my ghost hunting team, A Ghost, and the subject is sage and smudging to use it specifically for clearing bad energy or protection from ghosts. So with that, Michelle, could you give us a little bit about your background using sage and smudging? All right. So um, I've had a few teachers just out of, you know, curiosity and just um, kind of witchy classes that I've been involved in. They said, would anyone like to learn about sage? And I'm, you know, I said, yeah, I'm up for it. So um, there's that. And then just friends just um, joining rituals, various witchy rituals and, and Unitarian type rituals. And from Unitarian Universalist, I have Unitarian Universalist background and, you know, learning how to, how to sage that way as well. And just kind of on my own, just doing a lot of research online. And so for how long have you been doing that? Um, about 15, 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm a little bit older. (laughs) (laughs) You're a spring chicken, not a day over 21. Uh, Anita, what's your background with Sage? And thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Um, So I am basically a self-taught witch. I don't know if I need to put a title to what I do or how I believe, but if I had to, that's what I would say. Um, Going on probably a little over 20 years now. Um, Just been reading and studying cultures, uh, studying different beliefs and prayers and ideas about spirituality. Nice. Um, So guys, just getting into the subject of sage, one of the big questions a lot of us have, if, if you're new to using it, does the type of sage really matter? Anita. Different types of sage, I believe, could uh, could help you with different specific problems. But I feel like most people, they want to accomplish a general feeling, right? They want protection or they want to clear negativity. Um, and that matter, and that's such a general f- feeling. No, I don't believe the kind of sage really matters. Um, in fact, there's many different plants and herbs that you can use in place of sage even. And for Michelle, with your practice, does the type of sage matter? You know, it really hasn't. And I don't have a lot of experience with different sages. Mainly I've stuck with white. Um, and I did try, I've tried one other type of sage and it, yeah, it really, uh, just kind of piggyback, you know, on Anita's answer <laughs> or input. It doesn't, it doesn't, hasn't really mattered to me. Okay. It's what I, it's what I put into the smudge stick is to me. That, exactly. I, I feel like it's more of your intention than the physical, the kind of sage or where you get your sage. There you go. Okay. And now, I do grow my own sage. So that's usually, okay. I try not to buy it. You grow you grow it yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, we'll come around and ask about that a little bit later then. Now, with the sage 
and there are other plants and herbs. What would, if you needed to, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong since I'm a rookie in the space, right? If you wanted to amplify the effect of sage, are there certain plants that help with that? Or is it just how the sage is used? Uh, let's start with you, Anita. Um, so kind of piggybacking or basing, you know, that I don't feel the kind of sage matters a whole lot. You can amplify your intents by adding different plants, different matter to it. Um, personally, I, this summer, I made a bunch of sage and rosemary smudge sticks because those are just a great all around kind of uplifting, protective, happy sage or happy smudge. And Michelle, do you combine with other plants as well? I do. And I, I do, I like using lavender. That's more um, for yeah, cleansing and psychic, psychic protection and rosemary. Yeah. That's, that's my, my go-to and um, roses and sunflower. Okay. So, you know, that's basically, and I, you know, I've used a lot of culinary sage just to, because I've had, I have it and I shouldn't say I just only use my only my sage because I actually have bought a few smudge sticks and and I have made a few as well. So when you look at mine versus the ones that I buy, you can really, really tell which one is the more professional one. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the subject around using it for clearing bad energy, let's just say with that use case, uh, starting you, with you, Michelle, when, for one, when would you need to smudge to clear out a bad energy or is just the practice to cleanse a space object or person? I'd say most of the time it's been during rituals, just keeping the bad energy out. And what I have done for friends is um, I, when they, when they buy new homes, you know, I go into their homes and, and smudge doorways, you know, we've talked about doors, windows, um, and, you know, just to keep the bad energy out. And kind of, you know, and depending, like I said, with putting um, lavender in the smudge stick, you know, I'll do more kind of a, a cleansing during maybe, um, you know, if we're doing, if, if, it has been kind of a, you know, a, someone thought their house was haunted. I try not to get too, I try not to help with that because I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but, um, you know, just that's mainly. mainly okay. what and Anita, for you, when it comes to clearing out the bad juju? Um, you know, I feel like anytime you feel something strange, um, you know, if you feel like you have a bad and negative attachment, go ahead and sage or go ahead and smudge. Yes, definitely. You know, uh, burn some smoke and see what happens. I do it in my own home fairly often, probably about once a month, uh, just for the hell of it. I like the smell. And just, you know, whether it's a, a fight with your spouse or if it's, 
road rage that you had to deal with on the way home and, you know, it's just lingering and putting you in a bad mood. That's a great opportunity to burn a smudge and try to get rid of some of that negativity, uh, you know, as, as well as using it for directed spiritual activity or, you know. So do you think sage and smudging would be effective? Like this is a ghost hunting podcast against a ghost and, or an evil spirit of some kind. Let's go with you, Michelle. You know, it's, it's not an area that I've, I can say that I have a lot of experience, but knowing, you know, and I, I challenge anyone who wants to make their own smudge stick, you know, to um, look into what you have around you and, you know, what it'll do for you. So, you know, using lavender, you know, it's, and it's all in the intent. Over to you, Anita, when it comes to a potential dark entity haunting an area, is Sage effective against that? I honestly think it depends on uh, what kind of spirit you're dealing with. Um, intelligent spirits. Gosh, they're intelligent. They're, they're individuals like any of us. So it's hard to say how they'll react. Hmm. Uh, residual hauntings. I believe you mentioned it in your article, even. Um, it's just something that repeats, right? There is no interaction. So no, a, a burning sage is not going to help you get rid of a residual, you know, repeating incident. Exactly. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. um, but on the other side, if you're going in to face a spirit or you think you're going into a haunting and you want to relieve yourself of the negativity, kind of give yourself an amplified boost, um, absolutely. I think bathing in smoke is one way that you can do that and, and absolutely one way that you can cleanse yourself after leaving a space like that. Okay. Now, one of the other questions that I get from time to time from ghostly readers is how often, and this is specific to these dark entities um, Mm -hmm. that might be haunting someone. Um, I'll give this to you, Anita, to answer. How often would you have to repeat the smudging to break this dark entity's connection to a property or a person? Mm. Depends on the power of the entity, their stubbornness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, spirits are almost as individual as people. Mm -hmm. Most of them have been people. Um, Some might take the hint right away. Some might try to climb back into your lives over and over and over again. Um, I don't think it's a, an end all solution for dealing with an, a, an attached entity. Uh, it's just one step that can help you. So repeat often as often as needed. Okay. And I know Michelle, you said this wasn't necessarily your forte, but from your experience, when it comes with that, difficult, heavy energy. How often have you done smudging? Well, in the last six months, well, let's see, it's probably been about a year now, 
you know, adding in COVID in here. Um, I've done it once. There was one investigation where I left feeling a little off and very odd and, and, and I thought that's just, just do it. Just smudge. But I have some secondhand experience where a friend of mine borrowed a smudge stick and there is a, I would say a famous chain of photographers that um, my friend worked for and they kept having some weird things happen in the pictures when they were taking, they were taking photographs and the one room, they always had some kind of weird shadow. And then they had some trouble with, with some of their cabinets opening up now, you know, you don't know, don't know if it's, that's a ghost or just, you know, it's faulty, faulty cabinets, whatever. And so she took the smudge stick and they did ended up keeping the room closed where they had trouble. And, but my friend went in with a smudge stick and came back and said, everything seemed to be okay, but you know, I haven't checked with her. Eventually she, she left the company. So um, I've been curious to, to go in because I can actually go over there and go check it out and ask, see if I can get anyone to talk to me. Um, But she felt while she worked there, it wasn't as bad, but as she told me, they still refused to go in that one room and, and actually photograph people. So, um, you know, I, I have just smudged myself on occasion and, you know, I really haven't done it a lot, like I said, in the past year or so. And, you know, I might start, start doing it more. Okay. Well, on the subject, um, let's move into like the how to's of it all and some just general questions for the readers out there. And that is, does it depend on when you're putting together your sage sticks to do the smudging? Um, you've heard about people that have bound the sage to make something like, you know, a stick or a wand. Other folks have taken the dry leaves and placed it into a clamshell. Does any of that really matter when it comes to the process of smudging? Anita. I personally have experienced that binding them into a stick will help you maintain an ember and keep the smoke flowing. Um, you know, that's, that's just the dynamics of, of fire and smoke. Spiritually, I don't feel like there is any, any difference or any weight really put on how you create the smoke. It is about using that smoke to cleanse the space you're in. Okay. And Michelle, uh, since you've had, since you've learned with Native Americans and as well with your own church, mm-hmm. have you found that it matters? No, no, I really, you know, and even some of the classes I've taken, I've learned from some Italian witches and no, I mean, that really hasn't come up. Okay. Um, so, sorry, I can't add to that. Yeah, but no worries. No worries. I'll yeah. stick, we'll stick with this next question for you, Michelle. Okay. So the other thing that a lot of folks ask me is what's the deal with opening the doors and windows and do I need to salt after smudging? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I have only salted once Um, opening windows and doors. So let's see, let's address that. Um, 
Okay. And I'm, I'm hoping Anita has something to say about this. Cause I really, I don't open the windows. I have opened the doors walking in and out because what I'm doing is I'm smudging the frames and going around the door and around the windows, but I haven't opened up the windows. So that's interesting. Um, can I, can Anita? I ask you, Michelle, what, feel free. Why do you do just the door frames? Like so, behind that? so what I'm doing is the frame and I mean, how I've been taught is, you know, just getting that, just the frame and around the door is enough. And I don't know, am I having, do I have lazy teachers? I do not know. Um, <laughs> so Anita, yeah. what, what's your take on it then? Okay. So the way I was, I guess I wasn't taught, but the way I have learned, um, you always need to open at least one window or open the door. And if it's a nice, beautiful day, why not open everything? But uh, a couple of reasons. You're going to hot box your house. <laughs> Fire <laughs> alarm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but spiritually, you want a place, if you're trying to drive out the negativity, or if you're really trying to drive out a spirit, you have to give them a place to go. Otherwise, you're going to have a confused angry, frustrated spirit wandering around your house with no place to leave, um, getting more and more annoyed with all of this smoke that you're filling the house with. So if I can add real quick, so what I have done is gone through with my hands and kind of a sweeping motion. And, and I've started from one end of the house going out and then I go, I end at the door. So I think maybe we've had a window open at one point at different locations, but it has never been the focus where if someone said to me, Oh yeah, yeah. Make sure, you know, at least one or all of the windows are open. But what I've done is literally that sweeping motion to go to the door and say, this is how you get out. Here you go. Okay. So that was my next one is as you're going through, do you state your intent to say negative energy or goose skedaddle out the front door or the front window or the upstairs window? It, that sounds like, it should be a requirement as part of this process. Anita. Um, absolutely. I definitely state my intent. And if it's a, a small rhyme, it can be as simple as saying, if you don't pay rent, you're not welcome here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get out the door. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I verbally out loud say my intent as I go through my house. So let me ask another question. And this is also, we're going to get nitty gritty nuanced here. I've read conflicting reports when you're going through and, and you're smudging and saging your house where I get some experts, right? Quotes on experts. And they state, you have to get in every nook and cranny under every single couch, every chair, every corner, every cobweb. You have to do that all to get the spirit or the negativity out. Do you have to be that detailed in your smudging? And I'll give this one to Michelle. Oh, wow. Um, so oh, I have not been that extreme. I know one thing um, I've added actually with my smudge, I've had um, an eagle feather or even um 
actually different types of feathers um, where I have the, the, I'm wiping the, or what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is, is um, fanning, fanning the smoke with a feather as I go and not necessarily going under a couch per se, or go, you know, going near it, around it. You know, um, I go around furniture. Um, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm not that, I'm not that detailed. I mean, I feel like if I'm dealing with some serious bad energy, um, first I'm, I'm a little nervous, you know, I'm gonna do a lot of research before I just go and randomly cleanse, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I really haven't been that detailed. And Anita, what's your take on it? I'm much like Michelle. I, I go around the furniture. I'll go from each corner of each room. Uh, so kind of like she was saying earlier, starting in the back of the house, start in the back left corner, go for each corner in there, kind of fill the room and then move on. Um, I've never gone underneath furniture, under couches or under beds. Um, I guess if you actually had a feeling or, you know, you thought something was hanging out or you were getting activity from that location, then, yeah, you, you want the, the smoke to touch it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I get actually, I get asked that quite a bit. I'm like, well, uh... Let me give you some links, guys. But <laughs> the articles all vary on that. So let's get to wrapping up the session where you're smudging. How how do you finalize the, I guess, what do we call it, a ritual? How would you say that you have accomplished what you intended to do with the smudging? Let's go to you, Anita. Um, as I said, I do it kind of regularly uh, just to maintain the, the feeling, the energy of our house. And in that case, I don't really do anything to finalize or finish. You know, if it make it from one end of the house to the other and out the door, then I'll, you know, then it's done. And in, you, in ritual, I say in ritual, if you're doing, um, actual spells or incantations, anything of that sort, officially or, you know, formally, then I suppose you would have already opened the, the ritual somehow. You close it in the uh, correct manner, right? Mm -hmm. Over to you, Michelle. What's, what's your input on that? Sure. sure. So in two situations, well, the first situation is when I'm, when I'm actually smudging a person, you know, I think it's more um, intent. It's my body language and just having them move. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll have a certain person hold their arms out or it's, whatever the feeling is, you know, it's, it's like, it's mainly intent, but when I've gone into someone's house, I've been a little, you know, verbal where um, I've, I've said things like I, I send love and warmth and, you know, I, good, you know, good vibes as I'm walking through and, you know, a kind of a blessing, you know, I bless this house and, you know, more a body language again. So that's about it. 
Okay. Now, a couple of things I've seen done in, say, a documentary um, or I've read about with other people that have saged, a lot of them will put a stone, salt, dirt around windows and doors. Is that to bar energy from coming back in or what is uh, the purpose? Do you even use it? Um, Let's go to you, Michelle. So, you know, I've used it once and it was more of um, practicing. You know, when I, um, I had a witchy class where we were just, you know, trying different rituals and, and just different practices. And, and, you know, it was more of to, we, we got rid of the, the bad energy and, and use the salt to keep the bad energy from coming back in. But, you know, I've never really experimented with it. If I'm, you know, going to someone's home or, um, you know, if I'm, I'm smudging a whole home, I just, I just haven't, I haven't done it. Okay. Uh, Anita, what's your take on that? So I, I personally have not used salt. Um, Many people think it's a very powerful way to block energies. Um, one thing on on that matter, if you salt your doors, your windows, right? You're basically putting up a block all the way around every exit or entrance of the house. You might be trapping something in. You always want to consider that. Maybe it didn't get gone all the way. Maybe it takes longer than just your ritual of smudging to get rid of these energies. Um, so I'm, hesit- I'm hesitant. I don't want to block anything in. Um, but I've heard of, or you know, I know there's many different ways to protect your entrances. Some people use brick dust. What um, kind of what kind of dust was that again? Brick dust. Brick dust. I have not heard about this before. No, I've yeah, you same just like salt and put a line of brick dust in front of your door, it's supposed to keep out bad intentions, negative energy. Um gosh, I wish I could remember where I read this, but somewhere I had read putting a bottle of sand on your windowsill will keep the uh the mischievous fae at a distance. Okay. I will look up the, and drop links to the brick dust and the sand because that's new to me. So thank you for that. I learned something here. Maybe it's just the Italian in me, you know, we, <laughs> we don't drop the salt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what you say, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, um, for the, for the newbie smudgers uh, and folks new to Sage, if you could give them one bit of practical advice to not screw it up, what would that be? And we'll go to you, Anita. To not screw it up. Uh, <laughs> the <world of> wisdom. <laughs> the practice itself? It could be anything. Like if you talk to someone that's new to saging or smudging, what do you think are like the rookie mistakes they usually make? I would say use it as a tool, not as a... F- fix you know it's just one part of your practice um 
you know, in a, in a small part of your practice is, may not take care of a powerful spiritual entity. So don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Um, also, I would say, um, like Michelle has refer referred to, don't, don't buy white sage from just general retail places. Uh, white sage is endangered. It's often unethically harvested. Uh, I could say the same for Palo Santo. Um, also, often purchased or you know harvested uh, unsustainably. But like I said, there's so many different options. Um, any kind of sage, even culinary sage that you buy from the spice rack it will work. Um, so don't put a whole lot of weight on getting the right item or the perfect, you know, it's all about intent. Okay. So common sage works just fine. Yeah. Okay. So Michelle, you talked about growing sage. Uh, you got any tips and tricks for that? Oh, tips and tricks. So, you know, you definitely, if you're going to, if you're going to buy sage, it you want to make sure it's a, a reputable person. You know, I try to I try to buy you know seeds directly from someone I know that doesn't use pesticides. Um, and obviously, in my own my own dirt, I know it's clean. I know where I'm getting it. I trust the source. And then you know, I just I it's all um, natural fertilizer for me, so I know I'm picking. I know what I'm picking. And, you know, basically it's kind of piggybacking off of, you know, what was already said, uh, but, you know, understanding what you're, if you're going to make your own sage, understanding what you're putting into it and, 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 and just don't go around just thinking, oh, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to help that person. I'm going to smudge their house and, and clear all that bad energy and, you know, understand what you're doing and, and be careful. Do you find or do you think of saging or smudging as being a type of cultural appropriation? Um, for example, in an article written by, her last name is Stone, Abby Stone, from Well and Good. Uh, she wrote an article and claimed that when non-Native people, so non-Indigenous folks, uh, sage, it's cultural appropriation. And she recommends that they use something similar to their spiritual belief. So, for example, Catholics have incense. Um, that should be used before saging and smudging, which is more like a Native American practice. So, Michelle, starting with you, what, what do you have to say about that? So, I have to admit that, up, you know, even, you know, up until the point when I talked to you about this, um, and I'm thinking a lot of people are in the same situation where you don't think about where you're getting this, where, you know, where did this come from? And, you know, I've had women who are native American teach me about smudging and I've had people who are not native American teach me about smudging. So I've never really felt like, I haven't, I haven't felt like I, I shouldn't be doing this and that 
you know, may, it, it's, is it a problem? You know, I've, I've really had no one shame me or talk to me about it. So, you know, I don't feel uncomfortable doing it, but, you know, uh, I think we should know, you know, where, where this has come from and, and do you feel comfortable doing this knowing, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. Anita, what's, what do you have to say? Almost every culture on this planet has some sort of cleansing ritual that uses smoke. So while, yes, I understand what, what she's saying in her article. Um, you know, you have to follow your intents, your beliefs. And like you mentioned, uh, Catholics, they use incense. Uh, Hindus, Buddhists, all the major religions and non-religions of the world have used smoke in some way to cleanse. Now, if you are average Joe, non-indigenous person, um, you know, maybe eagle feathers are not for you. Those are often very more highly regarded and, you know, uh, but that doesn't mean you can't use your own favorite fan. Uh, I think you just need to understand where the practice comes from, uh, especially where the herbs come from, you know, what they're indigenous to and what they might, you know, what, what they might be bringing to you. Um, I think it's all just really being aware, you know, it's hard not to appropriate anything, especially here in the United States, because we have such a mixing pot of everything. Um, I think we just need to learn as best we can. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, what I feel like is if, if it's not something you want to do, in your practice, then, then don't do it. If you, if um, you come from, you know, I come from a Catholic background and yeah, there was smoke, there was incense, you know, it just, it feels comfortable to me. Mm -hmm. But if it's not part of your belief system or you just don't, or I mean, if it, it is, if it's something your spiritual practice has never done, then there you go. Then don't do it. Thanks for listening to Ghostly Activities with our guests Michelle and Anita from the Ghost Hunting Team, A Ghost. And tune in next week for a fresh new episode with some haunted details. I might actually do a ghost story. All right. Take care. <laughs>